0: Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you'd like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. or we'll come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. like to speak to you from out of the book of Isaiah and my message this week is entitled God's New Thing, (laughs) God's New Thing. Um, Isaiah 43 verses 16 through, thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty water who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We declare your word is truth. Your word is life. Father, in this house today I speak your word, not mine, Father, and give you all the praise and all the glory. Lord, that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Father God, make my voice last today as I bring this word. God, I just um, lift this to you and I pray for everyone who's listening here today and those online, Father, that you would open their hearts to hear your words through me today, Father God. Lord, commit it into your hands In the precious name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Who's had a great week? Yay, good. Who's had a challenging week? Yay, good. (laughs) God's doing things, isn't he? Um, Last week I spoke on um, uh, Philippians 3, 7 to 13. I just want to give you a a quick overview of, of last week because it leads into what I'm bringing today. Um, and the scripture I used, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And we talked last week about the fact that not counting ourselves to be perfect as Robin so eloquently spoke in communion. We're not there yet but we're not where we were and we are works in progress that God has uh, a hold of our lives and as we commit ourselves to him he will take us through and deal with the things of our our past and our present to bring us into his, his glorious future. We talked about the fact that Paul said all things he considered as rubbish and the old King James describes it as dung, all things as dung um, compared to Christ and knowing him and the fellowship of his suffering. So no matter what we go through, we can compare ourselves to what Christ has done and know that we are on our way through to what God wants us to do. And we also spoke about the fact that we've got to change our mindset to see from God's perspective We talked about pressing forward. We talked about pursuing the things of God and reaching forward, forgetting the past. Also, you know, we we dive into the, the word of God and it talked about forgetting those things, which means to lose from one's mind the things which have the capacity to disable us or to cripple us and take us Away or distract us from God's path or God's purpose for our lives. So that was a brief overview of where we were last week, but I want to bring it into today and in the context of today's passage. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty water, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army. And the power, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. And what God is saying here is he's reminding us of his incredible power, of his awesome power which he exercised in the world. He exercised it through creation. He exercised it when he brought the Israelites through the Red Sea. He exercised it by opening the sea and bringing them out of a land of slavery into a land of freedom, which we now know as Israel today. We also see that through that mighty power, God's done the same thing in us, in that he's got hold of us when we were in our sickness, in our sin, in our transgression, and he's made a way for us. He's brought us out of that slavery that we were in bondage to and brought us into a new day, brought us into the the, the fullness of all that he has for us, and we may not quite be getting hold of that fullness that God has for us and wants to speak into our lives. But we know that we are on our way. And so God is that mighty deliverer. He's the one who has the power. He's the one who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or ask, despite what we see, despite what we feel, despite what we're hearing around us. Because with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for God when he speaks those things. And his might and his power extinguishes the enemy in our lives. So not looking at the circumstances from the point of view that the enemy wants to see it, but looking down from that place of being seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, our Lord, above those circumstances, the God perspective And that's where I really feel God is leading us today. We need to see those things through the God perspective and and move forward knowing that God is all-powerful, all-able, all-knowing and ever-present. He can extinguish the attack of the enemy on your life today. And when we look at what's happening in our life, we're not to look at the attack, we're to look at God who is above the attack and able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or ask. So whether you're being attacked in the areas of, of your health or your, your mental health or your, your spiritual life, we know that God is able, God has called us to victory and God has called us. To to know that we can trust in the one who has, has brought us from out of that place of slavery, from out of that place of bondage into a life full of all he has for us. We think about it, we look at the enemy attack and then you think, let's get specific about this. What is the attack about? What are the things that get attacked in our lives? It's our minds. First and foremost, I really believe it's our minds. It's destroying of our confidence. The enemy tries to infiltrate our thoughts with the lies of the enemy. It's making us feel like we're less than what God sees us, less than what God has called us to be and to do. What God says we are, You know, did God really say in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So what's happening straight away is the, the God thought, the God word is being challenged by the enemy. Did God really say, are you really up for this? Are you really in a place where you can do what God wants you to do? That doubt and that uncertainty and sometimes that fear comes in. And you know when that happens it undermines our faith, it undermines our confidence and it's a matter of taking captive those thoughts and bringing those thoughts in obedience to Christ and to his word and what he wants to say to us and through us. And so, you know, doubt and fear are one of the first areas of attack. I'm really not up for this, you know. And we we can all say at some point in time we're feeling less than our best and yet we know we can trust God because he is not a man that he should lie. And when he calls us, when he, he gives us something to do, he provides the way for us to move through it. You see, our logic sometimes intellect can get in the way. And logic and intimate, intellect can be a huge enemy of activation of faith. You see, faith, faith is activated by believing the word of God and stepping out on the word of God. Whereas logic and intellect are like plotting a course. You've, who's ever done a dot to dot? And you go from one to two, three and so on. And by the time you've done it all, it... it Creates a picture. Well, logic says you do a dot to dot, but faith says you trust God, you believe God, you walk in the power of God, and you walk in the Word, and you work. Walk in not what you see, not what you feel, not what you hear, not what is around you, not what the the opinion of the masses is or are. It's what God says. It's activating that faith, and so we use our logic. We lose use that intellect that God's given us. And we take hold of that and we bring it through the area of our soul and say, Lord, this is what I'm seeing and my logic dictates that I would follow this particular path. But what do you say? And you bring that into the spirit and you activate your faith to say, I see that that chair's only got two legs. (laughs) And if I sit on it, I know that it's going to fall down and I'm going to break something. However, if God says... It's leaning against something else. It's supporting you through another way. And God speaks you. And this is a really pathetic example, I know. But if God speaks you to go and sit in a chair that he has destined for you to sit in, then the consequences and the purpose of it all are in God. So we've got to take hold of that logic and say, yes, but God. (laughs) And he'll show us what we need to do by faith. And that way we give him all the praise and the glory when we come through, when he says, I want you to plant a church or I want you to start a ministry or I want you to start a community outreach. Yes, but God, what about, what about, what about? And he says, yes, but let's do this. Do you trust me? Do you believe in my word? Do you know that the plans I have for you are good? do you believe these things? If you do, then step out just like the Israelites stepped out onto the Red Sea and the waters parted. And they stepped out onto the Jordan as well and the waters parted. And they walked around the, the walls of, of Jericho and the walls fell down because by logic, these things should not happen. But when God says, when God speaks and when God di- dictates something that we need to do, if we step out in faith, he's faithful and he's just and he's true. And he will bring us through in to his best plan for our lives amen amen so it's not doubt that is the problem it's what we do with doubt it's when we internalize it and build on doubt and build on logic and don't allow faith to dictate what we want to do with it is he really going to do this it's when we pray and it's when we believe and it's when we hand those things over to God that God is able to do what he wants to do through us. See, it's laying down, it's surrendering. It's in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. He says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And then we think, well, is he really able to do it? <laughs> Ephesians 3, 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, the power of the Holy Spirit that works within us. We're accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 1.6 says, Remember who you are and remember whose you are and remember the Christ in you, the hope of glory. And remember that once he calls you, his hand is on you. He never lets you go. He knows, you know that you're wondrously made, you're fearfully and wondrously made. Psalm 139 verse 14... Romans says in, in chapter 8, you are more than conquerors. We have victory in Christ Jesus. It says that we are the called according to God, according to his purposes in Romans 1.7. He says that we're anointed by God and that means that it's an anointing, that it's an empowerment of the Lord Jesus Christ by his spirit to break the yoke of bondage on our lives. And when he calls you, he anoints you, he equips you, he gives you the power to complete what he's called you to do you see we don't need worry about our own weakness because in our weakness is his strength made perfect as long as we're leaning on him and as long as we're walking in obedience to him and as long as we're trusting in 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 the power of our mighty God to do all he has promised he's going to do you see in the prayer room before before church today we talked about we we actually prayed about the seed that has been planted in your life that has fallen and is dead. And yet God is the God of resurrection life. So as we bring ourselves to him and say, Lord, it's died in me. I need that resurrection life. So the seed of what he's planted in you to do will come forth as we submit ourselves to God and say, Lord, I can't do it, but I know you can. And it's activating that faith to know that God can do those things. He, yeah, so good. We made righteous in his sight. Second Corinthians five twenty one for he made him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And how do we do that? We need to renew our minds and restore those the Spirit of God in us daily. John 14 says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And God said he will send the comforter, the helper, the paraclete, the advocate, the one who stands on our behalf, making intercession for us, filling us with the power that we need, that he doesn't leave us as orphans. So, you know, no matter how lonely or isolated or alone you feel at times, God's not left you as an orphan. He's left you with his presence, power of his spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need our minds renewed. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 1 Corinthians 2.16, For he has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. The attack also comes on our bodies, on our physical persons, and we can see how many are sick, how many are struggling with physical infirmities as well. I was talking to someone yesterday, and I, do you know, every cloud's got a silver lining. Every cloud has a silver lining. So when we come to a place where we can do nothing but sit and pray, we can have that undivided time with God, that un- interrupted time with God we can have that time where and I think I spoke about it last week you know you start to pray and into your head straight away is you need to do this job or that job or ring that person or message that person and yet when you are so ill which you think is an attack from the enemy and it can be an attack from the enemy for sure. But there's a God purpose in it because in the stillness and in the quietness and in the solitude and in that place of inability to do anything else, you can stay in God, enfolded in him and say, Lord, you know, you know, in my weakness, you are perfect. And God will speak to you in that time. So whatever is happening in your life, whatever attack you're coming under, know that God will speak to you and will, will confirm his word in you and he will strengthen you to do whatever you need to do in that time. But there is a time to walk, there's a time to stand, there's a time to run, but there's also a time to sit. And we've got to understand that there are times where God, if he can't get our attention, I'm terrible for this because I'm I'm a bit driven. And if if God can't get my attention, he'll draw me out one way or another. And often it's being awake three hours at night because he wants to speak to me. He wants to talk to me and, and, and I've been too busy in the day. But knowing that God has a purpose through everything, in everything there is a purpose, for everything there is a purpose, a time for everything under heaven, Ecclesiastes 3. And there's a time for everything that we need to know what time we're in, what season we're in, whether we're under attack, whether our brothers and sisters are under attack and how we can pray for them, how we can support them. And even when we're at a a place of absolute weakness because of sickness or, or whatever, we can say, Lord, Lord, I'm praying for this person today. I can't do this and I can't do that but I can pray and I can speak those words of life over them. I can speak words of hope over them and I can intercede for them no matter what else is happening in my life. So don't ever feel like you're impotent because you're pulled up. You, you're, you've got a, a lame leg and you, you've got to be pulled up for off the track work for a while. That's my husband just speaking through me because he was a horse racer. He loved horse racing. (laughs) So know that no matter what's happening, there's a God purpose if we look. So every cloud has got that silver lining. And so whatever's going through your mind, your life, or your circumstances at this time, look to see God in it. What do you want to do through this, Lord God? It can make us feel so lethargic, that weariness that beats down on us when we know that this is really hard. But remind yourself, God is able and he makes a way in the wilderness where there doesn't appear to be one. And then we come to do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. And we talked about this at length last week. Remember not, consider not, stop dwelling And stop brooding over times gone by, the things of the past. By nature of life, stuff happens, good and bad. And sometimes letting go of the past to embrace the now and the new thing will open up a new future for you. You see, the things that we need to let go are the past circumstances that are dictating your mindsets. And they are dictating the choices that we make according to what happened before. I put my hand on a stove before it burnt me therefore I will never touch that stove again. I will never put my hand on anything uh, that's hot again and we need to learn those lessons but we need to not allow fear from what happened at that time to to dictate the choices that we make as we step out in faith in God. It's It's Forgetting those things that lay behind that have the capacity to stop us and keep us locked in the circumstances of our past, things that make us bitter, not better, those things that have been tragic, and no one ever minimizes tragedy in someone's life. But Lord, through that tragedy, I am choosing that those things that have happened are going to motivate me to press on, to press forward, to reach forward in God so that those tragedies have not disabled me those things have not left me in a place of impotence or inability to move forward or see or see beyond the, the today that I'm seeing right now, it's it's saying I am going to lose from my mind the power of the enemy over that situation. I'm going to draw the positive things from the past. I'm going to draw from that situation, even though it can be so hard to find a, a positive to, to, to grab hold of and draw from, but knowing that as you move forward in the plan of God, those things are no longer able to incapacitate you and stop you from breaking free from a prison that the enemy wants to put you in. You see, we've got to make those choices. We've got to choose today what we're going to do. We've got to choose, right, yesterday did this to me. I have learned this from that. And I choose to be motivated to move forward so that what things I have learned and suffered through through the life that I've lived, I'm going to use it to benefit others. I'm going to create stepping stones in the path that I walk through. You know Psalm 84 talks about creating well springs in the desert for those that are coming behind you to dig down of the deep water and grab hold of that deep water and keep going on their path. Well when we go through stuff like that we become well diggers and we become a place where we can say this is where I've been but this is where I dug deep into God and this is where I received what I needed to move forward in God amen we choose we get to choose in choosing not to or in choosing to they're great we get the right to do that and God gives us free will to do that but when we procrastinate should I shouldn't I that's still making a choice because you're choosing to stay at that place and God says you sit for a while and I'll strengthen you But then I'm going to take you further on. I'm going to lead you on. And as we learn from the things we've made, you see, sometimes they're things we've done and sometimes they're things that have been done to us. But we need to take responsibility for what is our responsibility and then hand on to God the things that are not our responsibility and walk in that freshness (laughs) that God has for us. Behold, I will do a new thing. And this is the crux of the message today. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Question mark. A new thing. It means change. And the definition of change is to be transformed, to be converted, to become altered or to become modified. And our capacity to change is limited or expanded by our own mindsets. So the way we want to change, we can limit it by the choices we make or we can allow it by the choices we make. And so sometimes there's new mindsets that have got to be infiltrated by the Spirit of God. We've got to break old patterns, break old ways and allow those new things to come. A capacity to change can be affected by the way we actually see our God, by the way we receive the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, understanding that no, we are not worthy and yet God in his great love sent his only son to die for us so that that change could begin from the inside out in us. Amen. That transformation that begins the moment we say, I'm letting go of my old ways. I'm going to do a new thing. And the new thing is the way God wants me to move forward in all he has for me. It's letting go of patterns that have been negative. That new thing is a new way of thinking. It's a new way of doing. They say, good psychology says that, 40 days to break a habit, 40 days to re-establish a new habit. And the number 40, biblically speaking, is 40 years of testing and trying, like 40 years in the desert, 40 days of fasting, all of those things. And I don't want to go into that now, but there's there's a precedent for it. And so for change to come, it means we've got to work at it. It means we've got to make the choice, first of all, that we want that change. A new way of looking at things from God's perspective. And he says, a road in the wilderness <coughs> and rivers in the desert. So it talks about the fact that what our wilderness of our life at times and at seasons may look like. He makes that road through the wilderness and a road is a place that will take you from point A to point B, not leaving you stuck in the middle of that place. It's a, it's a means of getting through a particular season in your life. But it also says in this scripture, rivers in the desert, so there should not be rivers in the desert because the desert is a dry, parched place. And a, a river is a place of life that brings life-giving water and growth. And when we look at the spirit of the living God, Holy Spirit, he, he waters us and washes us and cleanses us and, and gets the grime of the desert experiences that we've walked through from off of us. And so there's scripture, as it says, you know, get on that road in the wilderness. <laughs> Change. And look for the rivers in the desert along the way. And then I think about what's holding us back from embracing a new season. And sometimes I think it's because we're comfortable. So how do you know when it's time to change? When you're in a wilderness and you're not seeing the growth, you're not seeing the trees, you're not seeing the life, you're not seeing the rivers running. It's the desert and the wasteland. And Sometimes it's a matter of saying, well, what I've been doing isn't working. And I need to stop. And there's a, there's a saying that says, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But it's finding that balance in God as to whether is it not broken or are we just holding our ground? Are we just maintaining status quo because it's comfortable? And for each of us, God, we're all at different places in our lives. And what is God saying to you? Is it time for change? Is it time for a new thing? Is it time to adapt, let go, lose from your mind the things that have incapacitated you? You see, God is creator God. And there are many things that he wants to do in our lives because he's not finished with us yet. And so as creator God, we allow him full rate in our lives. Lord, take me, use me, whatever you want to do in me. Lord, just do it. Just do it. Because if I keep doing the things that I used to do 40 years ago, 50 years ago, I'm going to remain at that place of teenage years and not become an adult, not become the fully-fledged and working servant of the Most High God. So sometimes it's painful to let go of those things. But if God is challenging you, Don't be satisfied with less. If God is speaking to you, if God is saying, step out onto the waters, I'm preparing a way for you to walk, just put your faith in him. Say, all right, Lord, and he'll take you one step at a time, one day at a time. But it's trusting in him. You know, I heard a sermon once about flies in a window You know, summertime comes and the minute you start cooking, in they come, the blowflies. If you've got screens or not, they still get in. They find a way in. I know they do. (laughs) And those flies come in and unless you deal with them right on the spot, they'll buzz around. And you get up in the morning and you come out and there's dead flies on the window. Who's had that experience? Do you know what? The more I've thought about this, the more I've realised they come in through a door. There is a door for them to go out. So if we come in by a door and we're banging our head against a window, bash, 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 we're going to end up lying on that window incapacitated because of our inability to see the door that God is opening for us, the new thing, the thing he wants to do. I'm not calling you flies or maggots or anything like that, (laughs) but it's just a a sermon illustration about the impotence of doing the same thing, same thing, same thing and being thwarted and, and it coming to null and void just because we refuse to see that there's another door opening. That God is saying, walk this way, adjust this way, move this way. Because this is the way that you've come in. This is the way that you're moving through. So it's having that flexibility to see the new thing that God wants to do in our lives. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Well, we're not going to get a different result if we're not doing the things God wants us to do. True? True. God's going to show you his best way. A new thing. Behold, I will do a new thing. God is creator God. And you think about, I remember studying George Orwell's 1984 when I was in school and looking at it science fiction and thinking, you know, None of these things are ever going to happen, and it's gone way beyond that because all of these new things have come in, and so many things have become obsolete because of the forward movement in technology and all of those things. And you know, some of it is incredibly powerful, incredibly good because we get to to speak the word of God. We get to speak the the preach the gospel and it can go out online, which 30 years ago could never have happened and all of those things. So there are if we refuse to move with the times that God's got us in, we will remain locked in the past. We'll remain looking back. We'll remain looking at a place of, of maybe impotence. Maybe it was a fantastic place 30 years ago that you were at. But today... He wants to do a new thing. What is God challenging you with today? What is he showing you today? Some things that never change. God's love for you. God's love for us. His plans for us. God's amazing truth and God's amazing grace, they never change. God's new mercies every day, it never changes And we can rely on and cling to and adhere to and build on the things that God has has impacted in our lives. But there's more, people. There is more. What is God challenging you to do today? What is that which you need to adjust? What is it God wants to unlock in your life? What are you doing out of habit? And sometimes doing things out of necessity, you do it because you think no one else will do it. Well, sometimes we've got to get out of the way so somebody else can be raised up in God to do it as well. Change is not comfortable, but in God it's always good, eventually. Amen? So we work with the God ideas, not the good ideas. We work smarter, not harder. We keep our minds open through the washing and renewing of his, uh, his word in our lives and the power of the Holy Spirit in us to just keep our eyes on Jesus no matter what's happening. God gives us strategy and he gives us the faith to step out in that strategy, to action the things he's giving us to do. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, the author and the perfecter of your faith, so that you can not be locked into the negativity of the past, but you can take the amazing things of your past and use them as stepping stones moving forward in God. Some of those amazing things from your past are people, relationships, times in God allow God to build from those those stepping stones we get to choose so seek God for his way he's making a road in the desert and streams in the wasteland so last week we spoke about forgetting reaching pursuing, leaning into God this week taking hold of those things behold i do a new thing because God wants to do a new thing in each of our lives and sometimes it's uncomfortable sometimes it's causes sparks to fly sometimes but in God it's always good amen amen He can turn our deserts into wastelands. He can turn our deserts and wastelands into places of life and growth. When you're feeling in a dry and dusty place, take it to God. Lord, water me. Wash me. Do a new thing in me. Amen. Amen. And I'm out of time. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you don't leave us where you find us. Father God, we thank you that you make a way through the sea, through a path, through the mighty waters. And Lord God, you give us the capacity to look back. But then you turn our heads and you give us the ability to see you. Father God, let faith be activated in my brothers and sisters today to see the God potential, to see the new thing that you want to do in each and every one of us. For those of us who are still hanging on to those things that have bound us and kept us locked into um, ways that, Lord, are not producing the fruit you want to produce in our lives. Father God, I pray that you would minister to each and everyone right at their point of need today. For those in the house, for those online, I pray, Father God, that in the name of Jesus, those things, those bondages, Father, would be broken in Jesus' name and a new mindset begin to form in each of our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, Father God, that we can make those God choices, that we can choose for the transformation. We can choose, Lord. Lord God, to be modified by you, not by people, not by circumstances, but by you. And Father God, we just pray that you would open our hearts to the things that Lord need healing in our lives, Father God, so that we are able to let go of those things that are keeping us on the windowsill, bashing our heads, Lord God. But Father, I thank you for the strategy, the God strategy that you will give to each and every one of us. And so many of us know the things that are required of us, but Lord, it is a new, day and you want to do that new thing in us to make, Lord God, the desert place and the wastelands fruitful. Father, I commit everyone into your hands today. If you have not given your heart to Jesus today is the day that he wants you to reach out to him. I pray, Father, that for those in the house that are saying, Lord, I don't know you, I want to know you, Father, I speak, Lord, the name of Jesus over every circumstance in their life. And as I pray now, pray after me that you would give your life to Jesus and begin a new way and become released, begin the process of releasing from the past into the future that God has for you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before your throne of grace. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to wash me. To cleanse me, I ask you to bring healing into my life. That I would not see things purely from a human perspective, but from your perspective. I give my life to you now. I ask you to take hold of my life and lead me in your way. Bring me out of the desert and the wasteland that I'm in. Bring me into a place of fruitfulness, Lord God. Bring me into a place where it's your purpose that is front and centre in my life. And God, I commit my life into your hands now in the precious and the most wondrous and the matchless name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, please get in touch with us. We'd love to resource you and help you on your walk with God. I'm going to close the service now, Um, but for those of you who would like prayer in the house, the team and I would love to pray for you. If there are things that God is speaking to you about, if there's a new thing that you're wanting to walk into, if there's things you need to get free of, if there's a a desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit today, please come to the altar and I would love to pray for you and the team as well. So, Lord, we just um, we just commit this service into your hands, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. We'll come along to our Sunday service at 10 a.m.